All right. You guys ready for the word today? Awesome. Good deal. Well, let's pray one more time, if you don't mind. Father, thank you today for your people. Lord, I thank you that they're not here by accident, but God, you brought them here because God, you desire to speak to them. And so, Lord, today we just, oh, now we're in, make the choice uh, of realizing that, God, that, that you order our steps. And so, Lord, today we choose not to... Uh, be distracted by uh, everything that's going on in life, but, Lord, we choose to give you our undivided attention. And so, Father, we thank you that as we do that, God, you'll speak to us with clarity. And so, Lord, we just believe today, God, that your anointing would fill this place. Father, thank you that your power and your hand is not short, but, God, that you're still uh, changing our hearts and our lives. And so, Lord, today we're asking not for information, but, Lord, we're asking for revelation. Father, we thank you that you're the only one uh, that can really turn the light on. In fact, you said in your word in Ephesians that you would open the eyes of our understanding. Understanding. And God, we're asking that you would do that today. Open the eyes of our understanding. God, give us a revelation of the hope, God, that we have in the calling that you placed upon our lives. And so, Lord, thank you, God, for just giving us the ability to speak and give us the ability to hear it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, listen, this morning we're in our uh, fifth part of our current series that's called Foundations. Somebody say Foundations. Uh, if you haven't, you know, been able to catch all of this series, I would encourage you to go to our podcast, check it out, kind of get called up. Uh, but we've been using this. There's a scripture that we've been using kind of as our launching pad in this series, and it's out of Hebrews. It's Hebrews chapter 6, verses 1 and 2. And uh, for time's sake, we're not going to read that. Uh, go ahead and throw up the list. Uh, in that, we find that basically that scripture saying that, that God's saying, look, uh, you, you basically you've been immature. You've been a baby for far too long. It's time to progress. It's time to mature. It's time to move forward in your faith. But he said this before you move forward. There's a few things that you need your foundation uh, to be built upon. And it's the teaching or the doctrine of these things It's uh, the foundation of repentance from dead works of faith towards God, baptisms, laying on of hands, resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. I know some of you are like, man, how much are you going to read that? I'm going to read it till you can quote it, all right? So, uh, you, you know, there's an old saying that they, that they say as far as in the preaching world, that uh, when you get tired of hearing it, you're just now starting to get it. Amen. So listen, uh, last week we, we, we basically connected repentance from dead works to faith towards God simply by the gospel message. And today uh, what we're going to focus on is solely on the word faith there. Can somebody say faith? faith. Listen, Mark eleven twenty two simply says this. Mark eleven twenty two says, have faith in God. Now, what that means when you read the Greek, it actually means this. It says, have God, the God kind of faith, have the God kind of faith. See, the truth is, is uh, you and I are so used to having and operating out of what we would call natural faith. But God doesn't want us to operate out of natural faith. He wants to operate out of supernatural faith. Let me explain. Uh, Thursday morning, I'm going to I'm going to ride to Portland and I'm going to hop on an airplane and I'm going to put my faith in a machine. OK, and I'm going to put my faith in a pilot and a co-pilot to get me to Birmingham, Alabama. Right. The land of the free. Right. God's country. So I'm going to go home and eat some ribs. Hallelujah. Anyway, so um, I'm pumped. So anyways, so li- listen, it, you know, even if you knew it or not this morning, uh, maybe if you rode with someone, you know, uh, Annalise and Jim rode to church with me. They put their faith in me. God help us. Right. So so literally we, we, we you know, we only live three miles away. Thank God. Right. For their sake. But they put their faith in me. You know, even today I got a, uh, I got a kayak on, on top of my car out there. I am putting faith in that rack that's holding that thing. Now, listen, they lie about that kayak. They say it weighs 74 pounds. It is heavy. They, they lied about that. It's not weigh 74 pounds. And that rack can only hold 75 pounds. So I'm a little nervous. All right. So I so I've decided my faith can only go so far. Right. So we're only going up the road. We're not going like, no, eight hours away because it might end up in the street. All right. Anyways. So uh, 
are you guys getting the point? So today it's not a natural faith. It's a supernatural faith that God wants us to have. In fact, if I can maybe give you this idea. Paul said this about Timothy. He said that he was his son. He was his uh, true son in the faith. And he also said this. He said that Timothy, this is how he characterized him. He said that he was a person of sincere faith or an authentic faith. And, and I just believe this today, that when God looks at us, he wants us to be people who have an authentic, a sincere, a genuine, a real faith. Amen. The God kind of faith. And uh, that when he looks at it, says, man, that's my son, that's my daughter, and they're full of faith. Amen. Amen. Look, let's uh, let's start off today by John looking at John 20, 24 to 29. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. Uh, so your translation may be a little different, uh, but you can read on the screen. It says this talking about faith. It says when the 12 disciples, Thomas nicknamed the twin, was not with the others when Jesus came. It says they told him we have seen the Lord. Think about that moment. Here's their hopes have been dashed. And then some of them saw Jesus and this guy wasn't there when they saw Jesus. But it says this. This was Thomas's reply. He said, I won't believe it or I won't have faith unless I see the nail wounds in his hands, put my fingers into them and place my hand into the wound in his side. In other words, Thomas was saying this. He said, look, man, I won't have faith. I won't believe unless I see it myself. In other words, he he put his faith in what he could only see. And it says in verse 26, it says, eight days later, get that, eight days later, the disciples were together again, and this time Thomas was with him. The doors were locked, but suddenly. Somebody can say suddenly. suddenly. I'm going to take a pause really in a different way here. I, I, you know, when I read the scripture uh, a few days ago, I, I was just kind of surprised. Like, God, why did it have to be eight days later? Anybody ever been there? In other words, it's here. In other words, there's a, here's Thomas saying, Saying, look, I won't believe it unless blah, 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 blah. And it seems like at that moment, Jesus would have walked through the wall and said, man, here it is. And, and you know, I'm, I'm saying this to, to you because of this. It seems like eight days later, but then suddenly, there's a lot of people in this room that you've been praying and believing God for a lot of things. And, and you're going, man, God, how long is it going to take? And, it's, and, man, you know, it's been much longer than eight days. But eight days can seem like a long time when you're in, a, when you're in trouble, right? Yes, but, but I want you to know that's how God works. I don't know how, why he works that way, but a lot of times he does. He'll wait eight days, and then there's a suddenly moment. Everything will change like that. So don't lose hope. Amen. That's, I guess, kind of side message there. Don't lose hope. Keep praying. Your suddenly will come in Jesus' name if you're believing according to the word of God. Right? Great place to say amen. All right? All right. Good deal. Let me get caught up here. Then it says, but suddenly, as before, Jesus was standing among them. So Jesus walks the wall and says, peace be with you. And then he turns to Thomas and he said this. He said, Thomas, put your finger here and look at my hands. Put your hand into the wound of my side. Don't be faithless any longer. Somebody say, don't be faithless any longer. He said, believe. And then Thomas declared or exclaimed, he said, my Lord and my God. That was his revelation believing moment. And then Jesus told him, you believe because you have seen me. But I want you to look at what he said about us. My, my attention here isn't so much on Thomas. I want you to see the next part of what God said about you and me. He says, blessed are. That word blessed means happy or it means congratulations are in order for those who believe without seeing me. Isn't that good news? Blessed are those who believe in me without seeing me. I want you to think about this with me for a second. None of us in this room saw Jesus crucified, but we believe it happened. Right? We didn't see the wounds in his hands, the wounds in his feet, the wound in his side, but we believe they were there. Right? We didn't see his resurrected body, but we believe he rose from the dead. Right? Listen, we didn't see a single drop of blood that was shed for the remission of our sins, but we believe it happened. Amen? So here's kind of the cool thing about today. Let's kind of bring perspective to this. 
uh, every person in this room, you're, if, you're, if you've been born again, if you've become, been saved, uh, you, your story of how you got there is so different than everybody else's. But what's so cool is this, is at one point, uh, we all heard the same thing. We all heard the same gospel, the same word, and we believed it to be truth. And because we believed it to be true, we put our faith, our trust, our hope, our confidence, our reliance in what we thought was true. Amen? And then the Bible tells us this, that when we did that in Romans 4, just kind of uh, bring you up speed, it says this. It says that at that moment, our faith, somebody say faith. Come on, don't get weak with me now. Our faith was accounted or was accredited to us. For righteousness. In other words, by putting our faith in Jesus and what he accomplished, guess what? We were brought into or we were considered now to be in right standing with God. That's the best news we've heard all week. Amen? That we are in right standing with God. We know the Bible echoes that in Ephesians 2.8. It says this, as by grace you have been saved through faith. That that faith, once again, that made us right with God. Now, I want you to kind of get something today. I want you to turn to your neighbor and say this. Say that... Y'all making me really disappointed in you today. <laughs> Let me love on you. Somebody say, that is our start. That's key. I don't want you to miss that. That is our start. Now, let's fast forward to the end of our life, okay? So here's our start. Now, let's fast forward to the end. I want to show you uh, two portions of Scripture. Look at John 14, 2 through 3. Jesus said this. He said, in my father's house, there are many mansions or dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you. He said, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself that where I am, there you may be also. Do we believe in that today? Listen to Revelation 21, 3 through 7. It says, and I heard a loud voice from where? Loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, no sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. It says, Then he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. I love that. And it says, and he said to me, write, for these words that you just heard are true and they are faithful. And he said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. And I will give the fountain of the water of life freely to him who thirsts. He who overcomes shall inherit all things. And I will be his God. And he shall be my son. Boy, that's shouting worthy right there. That's good. Now, let's look at this side for a second. We didn't see Jesus ascend into heaven, but we believe he did. Listen, we, we've never seen the Lamb's Book of Life, but we believe our names are in it. Listen, we've never seen the streets of gold or God's throne or the river that runs from that throne. We've never seen the innumerable amount of angels that declare holy, holy, holy from that throne, but we believe they're all there, right? Listen, we don't understand this, that, that I'll just say in a real practical way. We don't understand how we're going to get from here to there, but we just believe it's going to happen. Amen? Somebody say, that's our end. Talking about heaven. Okay, so let me ask you this, okay? Why do we believe, why do we have faith in all that stuff we just talked about, all the stuff that we haven't seen? Why do we believe in all of that? The answer is pretty simple, because we've taken God at his word. Because we have taken God at his word. In other words, God said it, and I believe it. Plain and simple. He said it, I believe it. You can bank on it. When God spoke it, you can count on it. Amen? So, so here's a simple point before we uh, really get to where I want to go today. The foundation of our faith is never based on or never rooted in what we see. It's not. It's never, it's never based off of, it's never rooted in what we see. Rather, it is based off of and rooted in the Word of God. 
is rooted in the Word of God. Can I get an amen there? All right, so here's what I want us to see. Hit your blinker. Here's where we're going today. I think it's great that we've all started in faith. And I think it's wonderful that we all plan on ending in faith. But this question I have to ask you, uh, what about the middle? What about the middle? Somebody say, what about the middle? In other words, the question is, how are we going to live in between salvation and eternity? That's what matters. Amen? Listen, it's that place called the middle between those two. I, I'm afraid that we sometimes have more of a Thomas in us than we would like to admit. Right? In other words, we do this. Instead of our uh, faith being our first response to a situation, we automatically react out of fear, doubt, and unbelief. Okay? And it's kind of like this. It's, it's in this place when stuff happens, we automatically put God in a box. And we say this, God, you're going to have to show me this, and you're going to have to do what? You're going to have to hurdle that mountain, cross that sea, burn that bush. Some of you say burn that tree. And, and you're going to have to check this box here and that one over there. And if you can do all of that in the order that I'm asking you to, I think I can believe you. Listen, though, guys, please listen to me. Please listen to me. That is not the way the kingdom of God works. It is not. It is not. You see, the Bible tells us this in 2 Corinthians 5, 7. It says, for we walk by faith. This is how the kingdom works. For we walk by faith and not by sight. In other words, he's saying this. He's saying, he's saying this. He's saying we don't put our trust in our senses. We don't put our trust in what we can see or what we can feel. Why? Because what we see and what we feel changes drastically and it changes every day. He's saying this, that when you put your faith, right, in, in, in what you can't see, which is God, he's saying this, that you're putting your faith in the one who is unchanging. You're putting your faith in the unchanging one. Is anybody with me? I mean, I mean let's stop and think for a second. If you look back at your, at your previous week... You could write a book on your emotions. Well, if you're going through menopause, you could write three books. <laughs> Hallelujah. And your husband could have wrote six. All right, so anyways. That's the truth. Anyway, so here's the thing, though. It's this. If I put my trust in, man, if I'm saved or not, right, or of who God is and how I feel in the moment, then I'm going to be a freaking roller coaster. Right. Yes. And, and, I mean, life is just going to be tough. And, 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 you know, and some of you guys and I don't say this to be mean, but, but you, you'll do well for a while and then you'll let your emotions get the best of you. And then you'll be a mess for a while. And then you'll somehow have a, a God moment. Oh, he loves me again. Oh, hallelujah. He never quit really loving you. Right. Right. And, and, and then you'll do good for a while. And then it's just I like, hit that thing on repeat. You, you know, today would be a great day to stop that rerun. Amen. Now, now listen, uh, this may not be easy to hear, okay? It, it may not. It's, it's kind of maybe it sounds a little hard, maybe it sounds a little strong. Uh, but today's the day that I want us to search our own hearts, because you can't search anybody else's, right? I want us to search our own heart and, and see if we are unbelieving believers. To say, God, am I an unbelieving believer? And all you have to do, honestly, is this. It's, it, here, just let me shoot straight with you. Uh, talk is so easy and so cheap. Right? It's, man, li- listen, it is so easy uh, to walk through a church door and, and put your Christian face on. It's so easy. 
It, but listen, our, our faith really isn't demonstrated in this room. It's not. It's what we do in our home. It's what we do in our job. It's what we do in life. That's really where our faith is really, there's the proof in the pudding. Amen? Amen. 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 <laughs> Listen, over the years, I have uh, seen, and, and kind of bring a balance to this, I, I've seen some really good-hearted Christians be full of faith in certain areas of their life and be wrecked by unbelief in other areas of their life. Right? It's, it's, it's so wild to, to see and watch people. It's like, you know, in, in categories A, B, and C, they have a tremendous amount of faith. But when you go to categories, uh, you know, D, E, and F, man, it, it's, 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 they're a mess. They're a mess, right? So uh, what I want to do today is I want to I take a minute and I want to show you um, just kind of what an unbeliever, unbelieving believer looks like. Okay? And, and we're not going to maybe focus on this. Sounds a lot more dramatic than it really is. But, but if you don't mind, look with me at Luke 8 here. Luke 8, 20, 22 to 25. We'll just trust the Holy Ghost to talk to us. I'm going to read this first and we're going to come back through it. Here we go. Luke 8. Talking about an unbelieving believer. It says, One day Jesus said to his disciples, Let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they got into a boat and started out, and they sailed across. Let me do this. I have so many notes in between mine. One day Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they got into a boat and started out. As they sailed across, Jesus settled down for a nap. But soon a fierce storm came down on the lake. The boat was filling with water and they were in real danger. That's a true statement. Disciples went and woke him up. He rebuked the wind and the raging waves. Suddenly the storm stopped and all was calm. Then Jesus asked them, where is your faith? What a great question. Where's your faith? The disciples were terrified and amazed. Who is this man? They asked each other when he gives a command, even the wind and the waves obey. Wave your hand at me if you've heard that before. Awesome. Good deal. That means you can track with me a little bit here. I want us to notice a few things. I want us to notice a few things. Number one is that uh, what Jesus, Jesus said to his disciples. May I say disciples? Then he said, let's cross over. We'll talk about it in a second. Then he said, where's your faith? And then he said, who is this man? Even the wind and the waves obey him. So let's read it again and let's work through this. Okay? Say all right. All right. Good deal. It says, it says one day Jesus said to his disciples. Somebody say disciples. Now, this is key because of this, because this is this portion of Scripture is not talking about people who followed, uh, you know, let me say this, who didn't know him, wasn't aware of who he is. It, it wasn't people who uh, were at a distance. It wasn't people who just didn't have a clue. This was people that literally at some point in time he came and said, hey, come follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And they left everything and they hopped in uh, basically in life with him. In fact, when, they, when you look at follow me there, I've told you before, but follow me there in Matthew 4. 19 actually means unity road. So these guys hopped on the unity road with Jesus, and they began to do what he did. When Jesus ate, they, they ate. When Jesus slept, they slept. When Jesus went to this city, they went to that city. You get the point. So these are people that are with him. So if I can maybe say it this way, this is Christians. Right? And so it says this. It says, one day Jesus said to his disciples, he said this. He said, let's cross to the other side of the lake. Let's cross to the other side of the lake. Pause there for a minute. When Jesus said, let's cross over to the other side of the lake, understand that when Jesus says something, he is promising something. 
So here he is, he's talking to his, to his disciples, and he has given them a promise. Amen? The Bible, I think, I don't know, it's got like 800 promises in it for you and me, okay? So he's given them a promise, okay? And then, are you with me? Yeah. Awesome. So watch this. So he gives a promise, and if you can give me maybe a little bit of, uh, little bit of wiggle room here, okay? I'm not saying that this is, uh, you know, exegesis, perfect theology here, but we're, we're, we're blue skying for a moment, okay? But, but basically this, that when these guys decided, when they said, let's cross over to the other side, these guys got in the boat. That was their start. Okay? And he said, we're going to go to the other side. That's our end. Now, I don't know, but I don't know about up here in the north, but listen, down south, we got some old saints, right? They always talk about when I cross the Jordan, if I can get on the other side of the river, if it, you, you know, it's this other, this, this, uh, you know, transfers to the end that they're talking about heaven. So we kind of look at it in that way. That here it is that we're going to hop in the boat. That's their start. Other side represents heaven or eternity. Are you with me? So it says this, let's cross over to the other side of the lake. So they, by faith, believing in what Jesus said, he said, we're going to the other side, we're going to the other side. So they got into a boat and started out. There's our start. Verse 23 says, and they sailed across the middle. I'm adding. They added, they sailed across the middle and Jesus settled down for a nap. I'll leave that one alone. <laughs> but soon life happened and a fierce storm came down on the lake. Normally the way it goes, right? The boat was filling with water, and they were in real danger. In other words, they were in a, a position that was greater than their ability. All right? And it, says, and it says this. May I suggest, this is me talking, may I suggest that it was at this point the disciples forgot the promise. It was at that point when they were in real danger, uh-oh, not a good moment, that at that moment they lost sight of the promise that Jesus gave them. Let's cross over to the other side. Are you all following me? All right. So, uh, you know, and when they forgot the promise, that's when fear, doubt and unbelief came in. Right. It's when it gripped them. And, and you know, it's kind of like it's kind of like this. And, and you know, I'm, I'm amazed by how many preachers get up and they and they present the gospel and they present the gospel in such a way that all your troubles will, will go away and they'll never come back. What Bible are you reading? Because Jesus says, trials and tribulations you will have, but do not fear, I will overcome them, or I have overcome them. That's the good news. It didn't say they won't come, but it says, don't worry, I've overcome them, right? So, so just take that and apply it here. So, so it's kind of like in this mindset, it's like these guys, not that they forget the promise because it wrecked them so much when it came, but it's like they thought in their mind that Christianity was always going to be smooth sailing. And it's not. So then it goes on and it says this. <sighs> Let me, let me kind of maybe add something here. I'm looking at something. Um, do, do you ever notice that we, we never forget the promises when everything's going well? Yeah. Right? In other, in other words, we, we believe in healing until we get sick. Right? We, we believe, you know, God can restore somebody else's family, but we really doubt if he can do it to ours. Are you all with me today? Oh, man, man you know, God, God can fix so-and-so's car, but I don't know if he can fix mine. You know, whatever. Betty got a new washing machine. Mine will break in a week. That's church folks for you right there. Right? You don't get quiet on me. <laughs> and then it says this in verse 24. We'll move on. It says, the disciples went and woke him, Jesus, up. Then he rebuked the wind and the raging waves. And then it says, suddenly the storm stopped and all was calm. Then Jesus asked them, where's your faith? Where's your faith? The reason this is such a great question is this, is because your faith is always going to be in something if, or someone if it's not in God. Right? 
Because we're wired to be people of faith. And so unless our faith is the one that is the author and the finisher of our faith, then guess what? We're going to find it in something else. You can find it in, in your job. You can find it in your spouse. You can find it in, in whoever or whatever, right? You can find your, uh, you know, in anything that somehow is your source, right? So, so let me maybe say this. Jen said this last night as I was preaching to her. So I'm going to give you what she said. She keeps me balanced. She says this. She says it takes just as much faith to believe the truth as it does a lie. Best thing's been said all day. It's a, basically, and then she said this, uh, and just as much faith to believe his promise as it does a word of doubt. Is that not true? See, see an unbelieving believer puts their faith in fear. Puts their faith in doubt. Puts their faith in a, in a lie. Puts their faith in a deception. Puts their faith in a, in a bad report. Right? And then here's the thing, and, and, and so when we're talking here, you know, once again, we're looking at the thing going, man, here he is. He, he um, let me back up. Let me say it this way. Another passage is very similar to this. It says that Jesus rebuked them for their unbelief. That Jesus rebuked them, corrected them for their unbelief. So here he is once again. It blows my mind. Their unbelief, but yet they're following him. So clearly they believe in something. Right? And so, once again, he rebukes them because in that moment, they're being unbelieving believers. Okay? And so, so why do we know that they're unbelieving believers? Get this, please. Because although they were in the boat, salvation, the family of God, they still didn't fully understand who was in the boat with them. And that's really what it all boils down to. That, that, that's, where, that's where fear and doubt and unbelief come in, is when you really don't know who God is. Amen? So, listen, am I saying today that a Christian um, can be a person who, who, let me say it this way. Am I saying that a person could be a Christian all the way, their start's right, their end's right, but somewhere along the line, uh, man, th- that, they, that they lack faith. That's exactly what I'm saying. That they can still miss it, okay? That they can, let me just say it how I got it written here. Am I saying that we can be Christians and still not have complete faith in who God really is? Yes. All right. So watch this. In the same way to think that it's absolutely mind-blowing. Everybody look here. That's absolutely mind-blowing to think that these guys that are sitting in that boat with Jesus, that, that these guys have seen him perform miracles like turning water into wine. They have absolutely seen him uh, feed the multitude, yet they still lacked faith for the middle that they were currently in. So watch this. We, as good-hearted believers, right, we can experience the greatest miracle of all, which is salvation, right, and still not have faith for the things that we'll encounter in this lifetime called the middle. That's so true, is it not? But, but see, the thing is here is, is, is this, is God, God wants us to be a people, once again, sincere faith, true faith. He wants to be people that have faith for the start, for the middle, and for the end, right? How do we know that? The Bible tells us this in Habakkuk 2.4. The Bible echoes this in, in, um, in Galatians, Romans, and Hebrews. But it says this, it says, but the just shall live continuously is what it means there in the, in the Greek, or in the, in the uh, Hebrew. But the just shall live continuously by his faith. Are y'all with me? Now, let me maybe kind of hop on something here. Uh, I have a misprint there because it shouldn't be capital. But uh, notice it says his faith. It should be a lowercase. Okay. It's not God's faith. It's your faith. That we should live continuously by your faith. So let me break it down for you like this. Not your wife's faith. 
Not your husband's faith. Not your granny's faith. All right? Not your best friend's faith. Not your prayer partner's faith. But your faith. L- listen, I cannot, I cannot borrow anybody's faith. I either have it or I don't. Amen? I, you know, listen, I, let me even say it this way. I love reading about, uh, you know, just old powerhouses in the faith. I, you know, I've been, I've been reading this book called Revival and um, slowly but surely working my way through it. And I like reading about people like Smith Wigglesworth, uh, you know, John G. Lake. I mean, the list just goes on and on and on. I love those guys. Just unbelievable moments where just God shows up. But, but you know, I, I have read many Smith Wigglesworth books, but I have yet to borrow his faith. <laughs> right? Because you, you can't read about somebody else's story and get your own. Right? All right, so let me put a, a real definition to this or a practical definition to faith, okay? Um, we all know we have Hebrews uh, 11, 1, faith is substance, hope for evidence of things not seen. But let me give you, let me give you a, my version. Faith is the inward confidence that knows God is who he says he is. Get that. That knows God is who he says he is and that he will do what he said he would do. That's faith. That is faith, that God will do what he said he would do and that he is who he says he is. So faith is simply this. If you want to jot something down, faith is simply acting on what God has spoken. It's kind of like this. You think this, man, that if God can, if God can accomplish what he accomplished at my start, if he can get me into the kingdom. Because, right, listen, listen, nobody in this room understands how that happened. How does somebody die 2,000 years ago on a cross? Remove my sin and give me rights. You figure it out. If you figure it out, you're smarter than me. Because I ain't figured it out yet. Right? It's faith. Right? So if he can do that and then fast forward to however long this life is for me, then guess what? If I know I'm going to go to heaven, then that means at the same time I can have faith that if he can accomplish the, the start, the beginning, he accomplish the end, the finish, however you want to word it, he can accomplish that for which is in the middle. It's really simple. Right? So, all right. So let's get practical here for a second. Um, Here's the truth. In our lives, if we're all honest, uh, we all have, in our life, in this middle area, we all have Thomas moments and we all have faith-filled moments. Yeah. Do we not? Yeah. We, we do. It's amazing. And so, uh, you, you know, I think most of us, we, we don't want to tell anybody about the Thomas moments, but we want to, tell, we want to celebrate the faith-filled ones. Yeah. Right? We, we want to tell the ones where we were just rocking it, right? And not the ones where we were on our face just... Becoming a bumbling idiot in the middle of it, right? So, so listen, I, I just want to share one with you. And, I, you know, I'm just like, Lord, give, give me something practical to share with the folks today. But let, let me give you a faith-filled moment for us. And I might have told you this before. But um, ten years ago, my little baby was born, my little girl, right? And, uh, and so some of you guys have heard this story. But, you know, here we are, uh, you know, fresh parents. It's June the 2nd. 12.06, right after midnight, uh, that little girl came out, right? And, and you're thinking, man, it's going to be this phew, joyful moment. You see all the TV, the baby's going to go up and chest, going, oh, get your picture, you know, all those things, right? Selfie, right? And all that stuff. And, and uh, anyways, but, but that wasn't the case for us. You, you know, uh, Michaela came out, umbilical cord was wrapped around her neck, and, and she was gray as can be, and, and, and she looked limp as a di- uh, dish rag. The, the, only, the only indicator that I knew that she wasn't dead was because of that strap that they put on, on a woman that, that basically uh, keeps the baby's heartbeat. And so they cut the umbilical cord, and uh, they, they knew that she, um, basically from the stress, 
that the meconium that a baby has inside of them basically was released, and she sucked all of it in. And so, um, so they knew that they were going to have an issue, and so they already had uh, NICU in there, so neonatal intensive care unit, already kind of standing kind of bedside, waiting that when the, she came out, it was an immediate handoff, and then off to the table they went, right? And so at that moment, uh, you know, it wasn't the typical, right? And, and so Jen's freaking out. I'm like, I'm 28 years old. You know, I don't know. This is my first rodeo at this thing. I didn't, I didn't, it wasn't what I was expecting either. I, you know, I just tried to, okay, let me try to calm her down. But, you know, inside, I was having some, some uh, temptation if I was going to have a Thomas moment or a faith-filled moment, right? And so Jen kept asking me what was wrong, what was wrong, and, and I didn't really know. And, and so, anyways, uh, long story short, um, they, they did what they did on her. She never cried uh, because they didn't want her sucking more of that stuff in. And, and here was the great report that they walked over to us with. Hey, we just want to let you know, here's what happened with your daughter. And just so you know, so you can be prepared, she may end up being uh, mentally retarded. Wasn't ready for that. Right? And then they went down their list of all the things that she could potentially become and not do and all those things. Right? And, um, and they left the, the room and, you know... Once again, the Thomas moment wanted to come, but you, at that moment, you got to remember who God is and, and thank God for a great pastoral team that I work with, uh, you know, called one o'clock in the morning. Look, pastor, they're saying this and, and he's on it. We're, we're going to call down heaven. Right. And, and, and another one of our pastors I was really close to is Pastor Jeff, called him Uncle Jeff, uh, call down heaven. Let's go. And so we began to pray. And, and so it was a late night. Uh, and, and so it's kind of if you can kind of understand this. Faith is also translated as the word trust. And, and the word trust there actually means to throw oneself on or throw oneself upon. That's what we did in that moment. We threw ourselves upon God. We threw ourselves upon the word of God. We threw ourselves upon God's reputation. Is anybody with me today? And, and, and we began to do this. We began to fight for our little girl because she couldn't fight for herself. Right? So we began to fight for her. And here's what's so awesome is um, long night... Pray, 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 right? Keep praying. Uh, I remember my parents were at my house. Uh, they were actually there at the hospital. They weren't believers. You know, they didn't know what to do. And, and so, you know, just getting alone with God, crying out to God for mercy and for health. And, and let, me, let me rewind. Here's what was so neat about all this is immediately when we found out Jen was pregnant, um, I would go to pray for her and pray for the baby. And I, and, I, and I felt this inclination in my heart every time. God's, God is my witness to pray for uh, healing. And so, I, you know, this baby's in the womb. Every, all indicators are great. And, and, I, and every time I pray, God, I, pray, I declare healing in Jesus' name. Father, I pray for health. Father, I bind the enemy. You know, just pray in the word, right? And, um, and so not knowing the climax moment of what everything would be and, and knowing that, you know, for lack of better terms, we prayed it forward. We've been believing God already put God, you know, if I'd been paying attention, maybe more, you know, of knowing what we were about to go into. Right. And so. And so anyways, thank God. uh, You you know, anyways, I remember fast forward, I think, two days and um, I walked into the NICU unit. If you've ever been in a a NICU unit hospital, uh, you know, you got to scrub up. You know, to your elbows. So I'm over there and I'm scrubbing up, getting ready to go see my little girl, Jen. Uh, at that point, I can't remember she really had even seen her yet. And uh, and I went to go turn to go uh, take a left to go down the hallway. And, and the nurse practitioner said, uh, are you Mr. Self? 
And I said, yes, ma'am. She said, I want you to know I just, I just saw uh, your little girl's uh, x-rays. I saw them from today and from yesterday. She said, I want you to know they don't even look like the same person. And, and so, watch this. Here's what's so cool is, is because, listen, you, you know, obviously as a pastor, we spend a lot of time in the hospital, right? I mean, you, so you, you know the routine. You know how they operate. You, you know, you know the, the unbelief that is there. Not on everybody, but a majority, right? Because they put their trust in their abilities and not God. And, and so here's this nurse, nurse practitioner. I don't have a clue she knew who God was, but she just said this. She said, sir, I want you to know that is a miracle, and so, I, you know, I was pretty pumped, right? <laughs> right? So I go in there, and then there's an RN that's been taking care of Michaela, and I sit down, and she begins to tell me her story. That's a miracle, her words. Then I'm sitting there, I don't know, 10 minutes later, the doctor comes rolling through, and the doctor, you know, basically obviously knew who I was because I was sitting by her little uh, station, and, and he said this. He said, basically, if I remember correctly, in all of my years... I've never seen that. I want you to know that is a miracle. Amen. So that's great news. But but watch this. So there, there's a faith filled moment. Right. But here's the, if I'm being honest, I, I, I had uh, one story I was going to tell you, but there's there's no need as far as having a Thomas moment. But I would just be honest with you where I have my most Thomas moments at is in my calling. You know, over the years, I've learned this, that the enemy will attack you the most where your destiny's at. And, and so, you, you know, there's been moments where, you, you know, that I have a decision has to be made, transition, whatever. And that I've had these moments I'm going, I'm going, God, I, you know, uh, God, I really got to have you. And, you know, that moment, I'll believe it when I see it kind of deal. But if I'm really honest, where the continual struggle of being a Thomas is, is in the fact of the anointing and the call on my life. And if what has been prophesied, if all that can really happen. Am I making sense to you today? That's the, that's the battle that I contend with. You know, it's so amazing that. Let me say it like this. Once again, because I like to read all those stories, because they're awesome, right? They're encouraging. But once again, in the back of my head, I did this. Well, God, that's great that you did that for Smith or that you did that for Lake. But I really don't think you can do it for me. I believe it when I see it. Right? And here's what's so amazing is I can look at my history with God and I can see how God has put me in positions and, the, and literally the anointing and the call of my life, how he's changed cultures and churches. And he has brought something that was deader than dead and, and brought it to life where, where literally where it's just like God, um, you know, there's an open heaven. That was my last assignment. I saw that. I saw God grow the thing, but not just grow it in numbers, but, but grow it in the sense of, of, uh, of kids' hunger and passion for God, their desire for God, you, you know, uh, people serving God, uh, people being launched out in their call. I mean, I can look back and look at this line of people that I have personally discipled that are in full-time ministry bringing it. But there's still that thing of, okay, God, is, is that chapter done? Right? But here's, here's the word that I personally hang on to. Dr. Lynn, who'll be here in a few weeks, before we all made this transition and he read my mail like nobody's business, he said this. He said, the, the Lord says that in a whole line of things that were spot on that only me and Jesus knew. And then he gets to this one point. He says this. He says, uh, Quentin, I feel like the Lord's really just saying that he's just now really getting started with you. 
That's where, that's where my faith is trying to cling to right there, right? Yes? It is that, okay, God, you said this. And even though it seems like this, this, and this, and this should be happening, it's not. But God, I trust you. Right? I'm saying it to encourage some of you guys, really. All right? Yes? Okay. All right, so let me give you a few thoughts, and we'll wrap this thing up. Let me give you a few thoughts about faith. Number one is this. Faith is supernatural. It's so simple. Faith is supernatural. I want, to, I want you to read this actually with me. Yeah. Can you guys see that all right? Put your glasses on, right? <laughs> awesome. So it's just some from my notes I pulled. So if we are aware of it or not, the kingdom of God is a supernatural kingdom that operates by faith. It is our faith that reaches beyond the boundaries and the limitations of our human reasoning beyond the natural realm into the supernatural realm that allows us to live the life that God has called us to live. Let me kind of make, make it sense to you like this or break it down. Um, the other day I was listening to a guy preach, and um, this guy, I think he has, I think it's 80,000 people in his church, something like that, right? I mean, so it's like double our county. Shows up at his church, right? It's insane. I think that's right. Okay, but but it was, it was I love. He had this he had this vulnerable moment uh, that I thought was great. And he was preaching to at another church, thousands of people. He's preaching at Hillsong Church, and um, and he said this. He said uh, he said every Sunday I take one step, and it's the most important step I take. He said, you know, basically nobody knows why, but he said when the lights when the lights come up, I I always stand here. And he goes, and I step into the light like this. And he said, you know, basically the, the connotation is that some people could think that basically that I'm stepping into, you know, here I am. He goes, but that moment's the most important thing because what I do is I'm, I'm taking the step before God. I'm taking a step out of my insecurities, out of my failures, out of my weakness, out of everything that I am. And he goes, and I step into everything that God's called me to be. Right. So what it is, it's this faith moment that says, you know, I'm stepping out of, once again, my uh, the natural realm and I'm stepping into the supernatural realm so I can operate there with God. Right. And so so out of everything he said, I don't remember nothing. I remember that. And, and I'm saying, God, OK. And I've been praying that because I know me. Right. And I, I know me, I can even get in front of people and maybe going great. And then all that, the Thomas moment comes. <laughs> right. Happened to me last week. It did. We got we got five minutes left, 10 minutes left. And it hit me like a ton of bricks. Like, what in the heck is that? Thomas moment. Right. All right. All right. Here we go. Um. So let me just show you this. The faith releases the impossibilities in our lives. Let me show you two verses you all know. Matthew 19:26 says, With God, all things are possible. If you've heard it before, say, Oh, yeah. If you believe that, say, Oh, yeah. All right. So Matthew 19:26, With God, all things, all things are possible. Now look at Mark 9:23. It says, All things are possible to him who believes. So when we connect these two verses, we understand that through faith... The things that are possible to God are made equally possible to the one who believes. Right? 
Meaning this, that faith becomes the channel that makes God's possibilities available to us. That's it. Listen, there's no way that you and I can can literally have all hell break loose in our lives. And and at the end of the day, that there's still joy and there's still peace and we're still walking. Why? Because by faith, there's a peace that surpasses all understanding. Right. There's no way that you and I can step into a situation that's chaotic. And the Bible says, as you have received peace, so you can freely give it, that you walk into a room and you release the peace of God that's in you and the atmosphere changes. It's coming out of one realm to the next realm. It is knowing the God of peace, right? That's his possibility becomes my possibility in that moment to release it. I become a channel, a doorway for that to happen. The same thing that when we lay hands on someone that's sick, right? We become a channel, a moment for what? For what's possible with God to now become a possibility to us that healing is released through us and God can heal somebody. Amen? Let me show you an example of this. Very familiar passage of scripture, John eleven forty. Uh, this is basically Jesus rolls up, Lazarus is dead. All right? And this is what he said to Mary. He said, did I not say to you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? That if you believe that the channel will open, the possibilities will come to pass, and you'll see the glory of God. Are you all with me today? Listen, I want you to notice something. Leave that scripture up. I want you to notice that the believing came before the seeing. So often, once again, we want to see it, and okay, now I can believe it. The believing always comes. I can point, I can point to a whole lot of other scriptures, but we can't get the time's sake. But believing always comes first. Because what happens is this, is ultimately believing pulled the miracle of raising the guy from the dead. It pulled the miracle from the supernatural realm into the natural realm. That's how it happened. Listen, Jesus had to operate. He was still the son of man. So he had to operate the same way we operate, Right? Right? Y'all don't believe that, do you? He had to operate. In other words, Jesus didn't step in. Jesus, Jesus came, guys. You gotta understand this. He stripped himself of his divine rights and his divinity. Why? To show you and I what was possible if we would just believe. Right? So there's nothing in the book that we see that we go, you know what? Well, that's Jesus. Well, that's wrong. Right? Right? Because listen to me, the Bible says in Acts 10.38 that the Holy Spirit anointed Jesus of Nazareth, right, to go about doing good, you know, casting out devils, healing the sick, all of those things. Guess what? That's the same anointing that anoints you and I when we step out of the natural realm into the spiritual realm or the supernatural realm. Amen? All right. Where are we at here? Did I skip ahead? So number one, I like to know what I did. Number two, here we go. Number two, faith can grow. I've got to hustle up here. Faith can grow. Romans 12.3 says this, says God has dealt or God has given to each one a measure of faith, that God has given to each one a measure of faith. Listen, so often we look at that and we say that that's talking about salvation. That's not talking about salvation. In context, that's not what it's about. In the context that it's talking about there in Romans 12, it's saying this, that God comes and gives a measure of faith to every person according to their assignment. Okay, according to their assignment, because it goes and talks about the uh, the gifts that come from the Father. Okay, so but but here's what I don't want us to miss: is is God doesn't show special favor to one over another. He's not a God of partiality. If we think that somehow that we go down the line here and we go, well, well, He gave Abby this much faith, and He gave Annalise this much faith, and no one knows right somewhere in the middle, and and that somehow that that's where they're all starting. That is a lie. That we all start at the same spot. Every single one of us. Smith Wigglesworth starts the same spot. 
Because see, what, what people celebrate. Uh, go read Smith if you don't know who he is. By the way, I'm talking about him like he's our cousin. And so, <laughs> um, so, so, it, so Smith Wigglesworth. What people fail to forget, and not till 40 years old did he start preaching because he basically had a stuttering problem, and the only thing he could do, literally, he get up and preach. Here's this man that turned the world upside down, but he'd get up and preach, and, and fear would hit him, and he'd hand his micro, uh, the microphone to his wife, and he would run off the platform. Same level. The only difference was is that guy said, you know what? Uh, listen, this is what he said. He said, that somebody asked him, how often do you pray? He said, well, I never pray more than 30 minutes, but I never go 30 minutes without praying. And, and he read one book, the book. And, and what happened is over time, faith. Increased in his heart. And actually what happened with the guy is he spent time building his faith and he went and he was hanging out with some other people that were laying hands on the sick and God was healing people. But the guy that was doing all the healing stuff went on vacation or something like that. And they said, hey, Smith, can you can you can you pray for the people next week? Uh, I guess. And he stepped up. God, can you do it? And God began to heal all the people. Launched him into worldwide ministry. Before that, he was a plumber. Right? All right, here we go. So, listen, I guess let me give you this and at this moment. It is our responsibility to grow up in the measure of faith that we have received if we're going to become who God's called us to be. It's our responsibility. I told you before, but nobody's going to care more about your growth than you. Nobody. Okay? So you've got to care. Okay? So let me maybe say it this way. What you've been given a measurement, but what you do with that measurement is really what makes the difference. Okay? And, and can I just say this? Let me throw this out there before we, before we add a little bit more there. Um, our obedience to the word and to the voice of God, that plays a huge part on if our faith is going to increase or not. Because you're, you're not, you're not going to, you know, uh, run like a... A wild man or a wild lady on fire in the kingdom if you're dragging all the sin behind you that God's been telling you for years to get rid of. Not going to happen. All right, here we go. So, so watch this. So once again, um, a measure of faith. Measure of faith. Let's sit right there for a second. If you look at um, another time Jesus rebuked his disciples, he said this. He said, oh, you of little faith. The centurion comes along one day and he says, I have not seen such great faith. And all of Israel. What does that tell us? It tells us two things. It tells us, number one, that faith can be measured. Second thing it tells us is that faith can grow. That it can grow. That's awesome, right? It's good news. L- listen, listen to what uh, 2 Corinthians 10.15 says. It simply says, as your faith increases. Luke 17.5, the disciples came to Jesus, Jesus and they asked, Jesus, increase our faith. Jude 20 says, to build yourself up in the most holy faith by praying in the Spirit. The Bible says in Romans ten seventeen, for faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But I got to let you know, you can walk around all day long with some with some uh, headphones on and the word of God can play. But until you begin to obey it, it ain't going to produce faith. Yeah, that's good. All right. But it does take hearing it first. All right. And hearing it and hearing it and hearing it. So here's the thing. I'm not going to uh, pigeonhole this in one spot. But what I will say is this is dig into the word of God. The best you can stretch yourself in it. Ask God to to let you grow in it. And then at the same time, pray and say, God, increase my faith. And if you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, pray in the Spirit a lot. Everybody say a lot. Don't miss that. Don't use it occasionally. You got it for a reason. Amen.
if you do that, what will happen is this, okay? So often we think that I'm going to be here and I'm going to do a week of what I need to do. And then after a week, I'm going to be way over there. It's not the way it works. I pray, I read. I pray, I read. I pray, I read. I pray, I read. And then slowly but surely, the process, I'll get to where I need to be. Amen? Amen. That's good. Let me say it this way. In due time, your revelation will be greater than your situation. Remember that. Okay. Your revelation will be greater than your situation. Here we go. Number, what number am I on? Number three? Awesome. Faith demands action. Give me five more minutes. Faith demands, no, maybe more five. Faith demands action. Somebody say action. We know James says this, says faith without works is what? It's dead. Faith without works is dead. So ultimately, once again, the proof of if you have faith or not is this. Everybody listen. It's not, it's not so much in the results we get. I'm learning this. It's not so much in the results we get as much as it is as what was our heart in the process. Does that make sense? So, so watch this. I, I know a group of guys. I know like one here and there that at one point they, they, they were all sitting at a table together with a whole bunch of other people that I don't know. And they're all missionaries down in Mexico. And um, my best friend was, on, was at that table and he said this, he said, he said, Quentin, he said, you know what impacted me the most? It wasn't about all the people that they said that were dead and came back to life or, or you know, that, that had cancer or whatever and it fell off of them. And, you, you know, all these things, all these miracles. He said, he said, the thing that impacted me the most is when they sat there at the table one day and they talked about all the people that they prayed for and they didn't get healed. So, so listen, though, but here's, here's what you've got to remember. We all got things that we don't understand. Right. I've been in this game long enough that, that I got some questions for the Lord and, and I and I won't understand. I've seen I've seen the absolute miraculous happen uh, hundreds, if not thousands of times. OK, but 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 I've also seen it not work, too. Right. And so here's the thing, though. So what I, what I want you to see today is when is when this that faith right demands action. It's really this that we don't give up. That's all I'm saying. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. You know, once again, it's not so much in the results. The results are really up to God, but I'm going to pray as if it has to do with me. Amen? Number four. Here we go. Last one is we need to have faith in all. Somebody say all. All of the word. That right there is probably one of the biggest problems of everything we're talking about. Yes? What? Yes? We, we, we read up top earlier, and this is the last point, Mark 10, uh, sorry, Mark 11:22, where it says, have faith in God. I don't think I gave it to you. I think that's me, actually. I didn't give it to her. That's me. Um, it says, once again, Mark 11:20 says, have faith in God. I want you to notice it doesn't say have faith in part of God. Right? And, and if we believe it or not, guys, uh, that book... That we should have with us today, right? Um, this is God's word. You can't separate the two; they are one. Okay, so we got to have faith from Genesis to Revelation. But I'm telling you, here, here's here's something I've struggled with more in the last two years than I've ever struggled in my entire 20 years of being a Christian. Is 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 being surrounded. Um, in a community of people, they've always been there. I just didn't have access to them. It doesn't matter what part of the region of the world you live in, but just where people don't believe all the book. 
Is that all right to say that? Am I scaring y'all? <laughs> it, it, it's kind of like this. And I don't say this to pick on anybody, but, but, it, but it, is, it is a problem. It, it's like this, that, that people want to go and they want to pick and choose what they believe from the book and what they don't believe from the book. Right? That, that, that you know, I'll I tell you the, the part, and I'm not knocking anybody, but, but I'm like, we got people that want to believe in the fruit, but we don't, believe, we don't want to believe in the gifts. Well, that's a problem. It's a problem. Because, once again, he's the God of the fruit of the Spirit just as much as he's the God of the gifts of the Spirit. Right? And so what happens is, is we want good Christians without the power. Well, well the problem is, is God is, uh, God is omnipotent, right? All-powerful. Guess what? If it's all-powerful and lives inside of you, then your life should have some power to it. Is that not true? Okay. All right. So... <laughs> Jesus, help me. <laughs> I'm so watching my words right now. This is good. Um, I, I, just, I just think this. L- listen. Can I say something that sounds really strong? Look at our nation. Look at our region. Being just goody-goody people is not working. It's not. L- l- listen, Paul said... He said, I did not come to you with what? Great words of speech, but I came to you with a demonstration of power. That's what, l- listen, listen. Go read your Bible in Acts 17. Paul rolls up and he walks in and, in this place and uh, there's all these idols everywhere. Right? All these idols. And then he finds this idol because they didn't want to leave any amount that said to the unknown God. That's how much idol worship they had in the community. Pretty great, huh? So Paul stands in front of that thing and he says, I've come to tell you about the unknown God. Great illustration. But he's there in Athens where everybody likes to, likes to just debate. Right? It's basically the spirit of intellectualism. Same thing we got here in our region. Right? Right? It's humanism. Right? That's all about them. And what happens is he begins to try to debate with them. And you know what happens? Nothing. He rose to the next town, and he came with power. What happened? Revival. So if we can stop and look and go, you know, maybe what we're doing, it ain't working too well. Maybe we should shift gears. Is all right to say that? So it's kind of like this. Here's what I'm saying to you guys. Um, the Bible's a book of faith, right? It, it, and so what happens is, is, is we're all trying to understand it. That's great. Can we just believe it first? Can we just believe it? In other words, can we really listen? Listen how idiotic this is that I can believe God to save me and I can believe that he can get me to heaven. Pretty supernatural, wouldn't you say? Right. But I can't believe that I can lay hands on somebody and then get healed. Right. That I can't believe Corinthians. In other words, like this It's so funny. I, I can. I'm, I am picking on people here that, that I, I can. I can. Choose to not believe Corinthians 12, but I'm all about Corinthians 13 because it's the love chapter, right? And that makes everybody happy and feel good. And then I can choose to skip over Corinthians 14. And they fail to forget the 13s just to bring order between the other two. That's all it's for. It's all together, right? Am, am I making sense? Here's what's so funny. I, I, I was reading about the Cane Ridge, Cane Ridge revival uh, yesterday. 
in the Cambridge Revival was in Kentucky. Bless God for the Kentucky Wildcats. Right. And, and so long story short, um, this thing was a mess. It was a messy revival. But 20,000 people showed up. 20,000 people. The culmination is we're going to we're going to we're going to basically preach and pray. And on Saturday, we're going to fast while we preach and pray. And then on Sunday, we're going to all take communion together. Like in 100, 100 people rotation. That's the way they would do it. Okay, now watch this. 20,000 people show up, and you got people standing uh, in the church preaching, people standing on tree stumps preaching, trees falling over, people preaching off that. And, and you know, at even one point, uh, a seven-year-old girl got put on somebody's shoulder, and she brought it at seven years old. You got that? So seven years old brought it. Anyways, there was a cool little end to that. But um, I'll just say it. She, she basically, she preached, and she preached so long she got tired she put her head down on the guy's head, the shoulder she was on, and she went to sleep. And somebody walked by and said, poor little girl. She sat up and she said, don't you call me poor. She said, and then she began to talk about the riches of heaven and how God had touched her and da 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 don't play with me. All right? So watch this. But here's, here's why I say all this. is because th- these, these guys are in the Cambridge Revival and they're in all these fields and, and the power of God is showing up. And there's people that are literally laying on their faces in the dirt, weeping, crying out to God uh, for out of repentance. And there's people that are shouting and hollering because they got born again. And, and then you had this. Watch this. I'm going to really freak you out now. They, they said that there was one time they were preaching and 500 people. It said it looked like when those Gatling guns went off. Because they fell out. Boom, 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 boom. In the spirit. The power of God overwhelmed them. Now watch this. I said all that to say this. Um, you know who was there? Our Presbyterian brothers. Our Methodist brothers. And our Baptist brothers. And that, if what I read is accurate, that was the revival that the Baptists got their birth off of. So watch this. If I go back to Presbyterians with John Knox, if I go back to John Wesley and Charles Wesley with the Methodist Church, you can go back to all these denominations, a majority of them, that didn't start with some intellectual standpoint. A majority of them started out of revival where there were supernatural, uh, basically, happenings of God. But what happened is, is they progressed so long, and intellectualism got in these leaders, and then they began to say, because why? They didn't have an excuse. Why they needed an excuse for why it wasn't happening in their life. And then they began to say, well, God doesn't do it anymore. And now you got what you got. Listen, it is great that we can be social. Social justice. We're all for it. Yay. But they don't need a sandwich. They need Jesus. Amen. I'm all about giving them a sandwich, but let's give them Jesus too. Amen. Am I making sense to you guys today? So, so listen. So here's the. Let, let, me, let me say this to you, okay? Because. I read something the other day that really, really, really encouraged me. And actually, it was, in, it was in this book right here. Go buy the book. Okay? Go buy it. Go buy it. Touched by Heaven, Nancy Ravenhill. Um, I read something the other day because there's been such contention in my own heart here about do we go gifts of the Spirit? Right? How much Pentecostal? How much charismatic? How much of the move of God do we, you know, are, are people really ready for? Are we going to split the church in half? Right? Watch this. But, but being surrounded by the pressure of intellectualism and religion. Right? Right? I'll get it. So, but, but listen, it is, it is this. Here's what I read in that book. 
Basically, Leonard Ravenhill said this to his daughter-in-law. He said, Nancy, he said, the, a person with an experience is never at the mercy of a person with an argument. A person with an experience is never at the mercy of a person with an argument. Because here's what's so frustrating. Can I get be honest with you? My trajectory in history with God says much different than their doctrine. Here's what here's the thing, though. I'm not a person that can't base my experience off the word of God. I can point back to it every time. I can show you what's in the word. I can show it every bit of it. I can show you. But what happens is, is we try to play this word and that word and say why it's not there anymore. Folks, it's there. He's still moving. Listen, listen, if we believe God is the same yesterday, today and forever in all these cute areas, why can't we believe he's the same God yesterday, today and forever in all these power areas? Right. All right. Last quote and I'm done. Let me share this with Leonard Ravenhill. And this is my challenge for all of us today. Leonard said this. He said, one of these days, some simple soul will pick up the book of God, read it and believe it. Then the rest of us will be embarrassed. So here's my encouragement to us today, that we'd be a simple soul, that we would quit trying to figure everything out, and we'd just say, Jesus, I take you at your word. And I, and I listen to me, and I don't believe it for this person and that person. I believe it for me. For me, God. Right? For me. Amen? Let's stand to our feet. Angelo, come here, please. You and Diane. Noah, come here. Awesome. Cheryl, can you walk up here, please? Thank you. Uh, Listen, I'm going to ask these guys here today. Listen, if you need prayer about anything, we're done. Come pray for these guys. If you're not right with Jesus in this place, today is a great day. If 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 you've been at a distance, it's a great day to come hang with Jesus. Quit being Peter and warming yourself out by the fire. Because as long as you warm yourself out by somebody else's fire, you're going to deny Jesus every time. Amen. So go get in the fire with Jesus today. Amen. So, so if you need to get Jesus in your heart, you're right with Jesus first time, 50th time, it doesn't matter. Just get right. If you need prayer for anything, these guys will pray for you. Amen. Amen. Everybody lift your hands, please. Father, we pray today, God, in the name of Jesus, that we'd be people of faith. God, where you said in your word to have faith in God. Father, we believe today not just part of you, but all of you. God, the whole book. God, we want faith, 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 faith. And God, I'm asking today, God, if we have, uh, if we have been taught wrong things, including myself, God, if we've been taught wrong things, God, I'm asking that the Holy Spirit, who's the spirit of truth, would come and remove it in Jesus' name. Father, I pray, God, that anything that's inside of us that says that you are not moving, God, that your power is available, God, those lies, get it out of us in Jesus' name. God, if there's anything inside of us that says uh, that you'll do it for somebody else and not me, get it out of us. Father, let us understand we're all sons and daughters at the same table. So, Father, I ask today, God, if there's a poverty mindset in this place today that thinks, woe is me, God, get it out of us in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you, God, that you have sent us here. God, even as it says in, in Acts 17, 26, God, that you predetermined our, our borders and our boundaries, our time period, all those things. God, we are here for a reason in this, in this region to bring you, to bring revival, to bring the gospel, to bring the truth. 
And so, Lord, we thank you, God, that we are people who uh, just in faith, the glory of God dwells within us. So we carry the fire of God and we carry the glory of God. And, Lord, we're asking, God, you would help us to release it. So, Lord, we're praying today, God, that the Thomas that's in us would die in Jesus' name. And, Lord, we just ask today, God, that we would believe that we would believe that we would believe that we would not be unbelieving believers. But, God, we'd be people who are wholeheartedly say yes to you, God. Man, we need to do that. Can we just say, God, I say yes to you. So, Lord, today, just out of, man, out of all of us, the family of God here, Lord, would you reach inside of us and remove fear, remove doubt, remove unbelief. God, remove it, remove it, remove it, remove it, remove it. Anything, Son of you, remove it, God, today. Father, thank you for increasing our faith, God. If you've given us gifts of the Spirit, let's not be shy with them, God. God, let's be bold in them. God, let's be people that hunger for your word. God, help us to believe your word. God, help us to believe your word. Help us to believe it, to believe it, to believe it. That we read it and we believe it. If you said it, we believe it. (laughs) Amen. So, Father, we give you glory today. Thank you for sealing your word in our hearts. Thank you for changing our lives, God, as only you can. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Listen, if you desire to give today, uh, as always, the box in the back. Thank you for your giving. If you need prayer, please come and, uh, and pray with these people up here. God bless you guys.